This podcast is brought to you by yorktrito.com and comes with a warning. Never seek praise from your political hero. It's bound to backfire badly. Look what my hero had to say about me. I mean, you, as an ideas person, someone new in public life, not be smirched by the wrestling. What a joke. And let me not hear from the press gallery ever again about this as a non-political person. I mean, frankly, frankly, well, 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 faint if we hear that again. That now, let me tell you, Mr. Speaker, unless he's in with a question in his hand written by someone on his staff, and with a speaker, he's useless. Useless. Absolutely. In fact, Mr. Speaker, it's an insult to one's professional skills to have to be in such a debate. To have to be in such a debate. He thought bluster and volume and decibels were to there for, for, for substitute for quality. Quantity to substitute for quality and amplitude and noise to substitute for real argument. I mean, this is the sort of humbug which just makes us sick. And it's particularly made us sick about you. You fraud. You disgraceful, disgusting fraud. The, the answer is, mate, mate, because I want the to do you more. slowly. I want to do you slowly. No, no. I know. There's got to be a bit of sport in this for all of us. No, no. There's got to be a bit of sport in this for all of us. And in the psychological battle stakes, we are stripped down and ready to go. Ready to go. And uh, I want to see those ashen-faced performances, more of them. I want to be encouraged. I want to see you squirm out of this load of rubbish over a period of months. There's going to be no easy execution for you. No easy execution for you. And if you think I'm going to put you out of your misery quickly, you can think again. Welcome, potties and gladdies, to Reflective Contemplations, the modern version of a political fireside chat. Today, I want to introduce you to a political machine famous for losing elections, even the unlosable ones. I'm, of course, talking about the Australian Labour Party. 18 months ago, Aussies were called to the ballot box to decide a new parliament in Canberra. The path for Labour to victory leads inevitably through Queensland, and the showing of the ALP was disastrous. It was not just the primary vote that dropped significantly, it was also the preferences from One Nation and the United Australian Party of Clive Palmer that ensured a huge win across the board for the coalition. Now, 18 months later, today, Queenslanders were called to the ballot box to decide on their state government. And at the moment, since 2015, we have a Labour administration in power headed by Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. By the returns we have at the moment, and there's a caveat to it, it seems that Labour has escaped a major political sunburn in the Sunshine State. Indeed, at the moment it seems that it's only unclear whether Labour forms a majority government once again, or it will form a minority government. The question whether Labour forms minority or majority government depends on a few green seats. So the Greens are still in play in a number of seats, two or three seats across the state. Otherwise, Labour looks set to have another four-year term in Queensland. It seems to be the case that there's currently no path for the NLP to win this election. If they are lucky, they're going to hold largely all the seats they won in 2017, but they could still lose quite a few. 
So Labour's either in with a razor-thin majority government or minority government with green support. Now, I said there's a caveat to this. This election took place in the midst of a pandemic, meaning that there are so many postal votes that have not yet been counted. They are being counted as I speak. So we're still going to have to hang on for a couple of hours to see which way the election really goes. Nonetheless, with the results in so far, the ABC, and they are the experts, not me, they have decided to call this election already for Labour. I want to improvise here a bit because obviously that's all I can tell you about this particular state election. We could talk about the federal consequences, whether it has any federal uh, impact on the ALP, on the Morrison government, but I want to leave this aside. In preparation for this Saturday, I did a lot of background reading on Queensland's political history. And I want to take this opportunity to just talk a bit about very interesting, colorful characters that have emerged in the 20th century in this particular state. Now, from 1915 to 1957, Queensland was dominated by the Labour Party. With one exception, a one-term conservative government from 1929 to 1932. But since 1932, just after the Great Depression, Labour was in office for 25 long years and produced quite a few interesting premiers. Maybe those ring a bell. T.J. Ryan, Ted Theodore, Red Ted, as he was nicknamed. And then, of course, we have William Forgan Smith, the foregone conclusion, as he was called, because Labour premiers just had a neck to get their way all the time, at least until 1957. And then we have the tragic figure of Wins Gare, the premier from 1952 to 1957, who presided over a major split in the Labour Party. And that's very interesting because it would eventually lead to 32 years of conservative government. And we would also see the emergence of Australian populism in those years. Now, in 1956, the situation still looked pretty healthy for Labour. Winscare won, Labour, as usual, won a satisfying majority in the, in the parliament. But one year later, the party would self-destruct, completely self-destruct. It was split into two separate entities. Now, I don't want to go into too many details. I will link some source material on my blog. So you can, if you're a history buff, if you're interested in Queensland politics, you can read this all for yourself. Just to say that in 1957, the dispute was mainly between the party executive and the premier. And the question was whether the premier, thus the government, is bound by decisions by the Labour executive. Now, Gare didn't give an inch, and so he was expelled from the party and set up his own political machine, the Queensland Labour Party. So suddenly you had two competing Labour parties, the ALP and the QLP, the Queensland Labour Party, headed by Wins Gare. The election of 1957 brought to power a man, Frank Nicolin, who was a long-serving opposition leader head of the National Party. Since 1941, he had lost all elections. And following the 1956 result, there were a lot of rumblings in his caucus. Uh, colleagues felt that it's time for someone else to take over, but he was 
well, you could say he was the accidental premier. And surprisingly, he did a pretty good job. He stayed in office for more than 10 years. He was very careful in his first term not to pursue major policy items. He was uh, not rocking the boat and reverse all of Labour's policies. He was a very careful and skillful politician. Now, he governed until 1967. And then, of course, I'm going to have to tell you something about the Bible-bashing bastard, as Gough Whitlam referred to, Joe Biagi Peterson, the man who governed Queensland for 20 years, a staunch anti-socialist, a populist of the finest caliber. He was the father, I would dare to venture here, I, he was the father of Australian populism. He even tried to make it to Canberra eventually. Um, he favored a flat tax. This were the sort of policy items he would try to uh, bring to the fore in order to arrest the liberal leadership in the 1980s. Howard would have none of it. And so the sun was finally setting on his political career as well. So by 1987, a lot of scandals followed. He was out and Labour came back to office in 1989. And then you had Labour in power for another few terms, 96, short interruption of the Conservatives, and then in 1998 you had Peter Beattie. Um, thus far, the longest-serving Labour Premier of Queensland until 2007. But if Palaszczuk survives this election, she will hold that record in just a few years. Remember that today Queenslanders elected the parliament for the first time for a fixed four-year term. That's new. And that's, by the way, is not the norm in Australia. That's pretty new. So in 2007, Anna Bly took over and then there was this huge 2012 slaughtering of the Labour Party and the ascendancy of former Brisbane Mayor Campbell Newman. Newman did exactly not what astute Nicolin did. He was not the sort of politician Nicolin was. He managed to destroy his own credibility in just one term, especially in his dealings with the public service. And in 2015, Labour stunned pollsters and everybody else and came back to office with Anastasia Pelaché. First as a minority government and then later again as a majority government. Now, why do I find Queensland so interesting? I must confess that when I was backpacking in Australia, Queensland didn't hold anything for me. I didn't like the state, particularly I preferred the buzzling and the glitter of Sydney's red light district, of course. I went to Brisbane for a week, but I never warmed to the state. Uh, for me, it's always been a bit of a conservative state where, you know, one nation is doing very well and that sort of thing. But when I did my reading, my background reading for the Saturday for this podcast, I was absolutely intrigued and I really caught fire. It is a politically fascinating state. And remember that Labour needs to do much better in Queensland in 2022. Otherwise, there is no path for Labour to the lodge in Canberra. And that's, I think, why this election is so incredibly important. And of course, there is just a bit of election fever as well because in three days we're going to have the U.S. presidential election. And mind you, election counting in Australia is usually done very efficiently. And 
seeing the sort of delays in postal votes, if that already affects the counting in Australia, I'm not quite sure what we're going to be in for on Tuesday. So we will, we will, we will see. And obviously, I'm going to have a podcast on the US election as well. That's my rundown for today. Queensland has voted. Labour has won. But minority or majority is not yet decided. And the counting is going on as I speak. I thank you for listening. If you like this podcast and want to join more of my fireside chats, give me a like on iTunes and subscribe to my podcast wherever you get podcasts on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Spotify, etc., etc. I wish you all a lovely day wherever you may be in the world. Goodbye, stay healthy, speak soon. This podcast was brought to you by EurobTreater.com. And what is my political hero saying now? Don't waste your time on me, son. Don't waste your time on me. I've been around. I know you. I know you. I know where the skeletons are in your closet.